Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, Aaron Hook. RowanRadio.com channel 2, Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. We are here for the Monday edition of Offsides here at 5.04 p.m. in Glassboro. I'm Aaron Hook. Great to be back with you all. We have entered the week of the Super Bowl, um, Super Bowl 58 between the Chiefs and the 49ers this Sunday, so... A lot revolving around that, but obviously a lot to go over in terms of uh, the NBA as well with some of the injuries that have popped up, a update on Joel Embiid's status, um, getting into what the All-Star game and All-Star weekend may look like. Uh, we got some interesting news uh, in terms of this general region, maybe a couple hours up north, potentially uh, hosting um or I guess it's not confirmed to be hosting the World Cup final a couple years down the road, so we'll talk about that as well, and maybe some Major League Baseball news as well as spring training uh, gets closer and closer. I believe we're just about, what, a week and a half away from pitchers and catchers reporting, yeah? Yeah, we got like yeah. a week left. It's getting close, guys. Baseball is uh, is on the horizon, so football uh, and the spotlight that it always takes, you know, for for these um, few months uh, is coming to a close, and baseball's time, I, I believe, is is coming uh, quite soon. So we're getting into all that. But I am joined by um, quite the squad today. I've got Aiden Ray, Jordan Weisinger, Chris Dizzo, and Owen Colwell. Owen, for the first time in his Rowan Radio career, making an appearance on uh, on Offside. So Owen. I'll start with you first. Uh, how how are you doing, and what's it like to be in, uh, you know, be in the Gulag here? I'm really excited to be here. I've listened to a bunch of offsides things before recently, and I um, I I thought I had a bit to say on different types of sports news happening, so I'm excited to be a part of it. Now I do see you wearing your blue and orange Mets hat, and uh, you are unfortunately joined by 40 Yankees fans. So if there is any potential New York baseball discourse at some point in the show, you may be outnumbered. So yeah. just know that. <laughs> I've been dealing with that for a while. <laughs> um, but, yeah, guys, I mean, obviously the big story is we have now less than a week to go um, until Super Bowl 58. And, obviously, the, the buildup every year is quite special with, you know, the two weeks of preparation. And, obviously, we had the Pro Bowl yesterday. And I'm going to be honest, guys. I'll be completely honest here. I did not watch a single second of the Pro Bowl. Didn't watch any of it. Did anyone watch? I watched a little bit of it, to be honest. I just, like, put it on and Mm -hmm. wanted to see what it was like. And what did you think? Honestly, I was, like, uh, hating on it at first. But, like, the players were having a lot of fun and they enjoyed it themselves. So, it's from the entertainment perspective, not just the football side. Mm -hmm. It's It's... the idea is good, but obviously there's all-star games that are w- way better than this. Like, the MLB is the best one out of all, out of the four. But, of course, seeing Eli Manning win uh, in the NFC, um, W, but um, but still, <laughs> MLB all-star game so much better. The only thing I did see from the game on Instagram, I saw, um, saw J- Jalen Hurts try to recreate the Philly special with C.D. Lamb he throwing in the pass, and... The pass by CD wasn't terrible. It was a little high, and uh, Jalen Hurts did not reel in the the uh, receiving end of it, and that's really like the only clip I saw from the entire thing. Um, I just like it. Just seems kind of meaningless to me the whole thing. Like, and I saw a clip again, like on like I think TikTok, and it was like talking about how the Pro Bowl used to be maybe twenty years ago, and it would go back to two thousand four, where it was. It was like a legitimate like All Star game, but like it was pretty competitive too. Um, I just think the Pro Bowl has just kind of lost some of its its luster. I did say I would watch for some of the Jets guys, um, but I I was just so uninterested that I was like, 
Am I really like I love Quentin Williams? I think he's a hilarious guy. But like, do I really want to watch him like play flag football and like sauce like, just like I, I don't know. I I just wasn't interested at all. Um, but we've moved past that now, and we're finally into Super Bowl week. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the matchup with with the Chiefs and the 49ers. Um, you know, I, I think obviously the road for the 49ers has been a little bit unique in that obviously the last two weeks, the divisional round against Green Bay and the NFC Championship game as well against the Lions, they obviously had to overcome bid deficits. And they posted on Twitter how, you know, it was just like a, a basically like a hype video and and the caption was against all odds. And I've seen Eagles fans, a few of whom attend this university, uh, retweet or like quote tweet that and be like, oh, well, you were favored in every game this year. You know, how is it? against all odds and obviously they're arguably the most talented team in football so it's like you know what are you really talking about like you were kind of supposed to be here but I think you know with Kyle Shanahan and his record of playoff failures and just inability to you know uh I I guess or I should say his uh track record of being outcoached in the postseason would lead you to believe that maybe this could be, or maybe this would have been another year where if the Niners did find themselves in a tough situation playing a red hot Green Bay team, and then obviously the Lions, who looked like maybe the team of destiny after, you know, all of their losing over the years to get to an NFC championship and take that lead. But the Niners really did have to persevere twice uh, to get here um, in very, very tough games against good teams. And so. For them to be here now, again, I've said this on both offsides and third and long. Um, like, I, I just think this year's team has a bit of a chip on their shoulder. That in recent years, even when they made the Super Bowl with Jimmy G back uh, a few years ago, and, and they lost to the Chiefs, obviously, in that Super Bowl, um, which they did hold the lead in as well. So that's another one of those Shanahan kind of kind of blunders. Um I just think there's a different edge to this team. You know what I mean? And I don't know if you guys agree. Um, if anyone wants to wants to speak on that, go ahead. We again, we got two mites in studio, four people. So literally, like, just 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 grab it from the other person. Just be violent. Like, I don't care. If you want the mite, take it. Okay. So yeah. Um, to be honest, um, this yeah, this Super Bowl matchup. Since we're in Super Bowl week now, and that against all odds thing, I kind of questioned it at first because they're literally a the one. They were the one seed, and of course they're not like they're trying to like they're trying to play the role as the underdog. So, but obviously, um, knowing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are making their back to back appearances, though it's gonna. I could feel like that. There's definitely like a saying, but it's. They're still obviously like the favorite, so there's there really isn't like a deep like there it really isn't like an underdog mentality from either of these teams, in my opinion. This is gonna be a great Super Bowl, in my opinion. You know, <laughs> people hated it at first. They were like, you know, the season's washed. We have San Fran, Kansas City, Mahomes. But my opinion, this was the best possible matchup I think out of the com- the conference championship games. I mean, the Ravens are a great team. Don't get me wrong. But isn't Mahomes the better watch on the on the grandest stage against this probably the best team in football in my opinion currently? I said San Fran's gonna win it since like midseason. They're proving it thus far. They came back against the Lions, who are a great team, maybe not so defensively as much, but they're pretty solid. And um, the Packers are gonna be pretty good next year, so I'm not I'm not washing that way a little bit. I think the 49ers win over Green Bay in the divisional round is more impressive than the Eagles win last year in the divisional round against the Giants. Coming from a Giants fan. We weren't as good as that Packers team, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. I understand where they're coming from when they say, you know, they want to hype up their fans by saying against all odds because people do kind of crap on them a little bit. Understandably so. It's the 49ers. But I think it's going to be a great game, and I personally have the 49ers winning this game. Mm-hmm. I, it's such an interesting matchup, too, because I think especially <clears throat> this year, and the way they've played in the playoffs, the Chiefs' defense has really, I think, become almost the identity of the team this yeah. season because Mahomes, obviously, all the talk about 
you know, losing Tyree Hill and not having a true number one. And obviously Travis Kelsey had a fantastic game in the AFC Championship. And, you know, Rasheed Rice has kind of turned into that second option for Mahomes. He's been very reliable um, as, a, as a rookie. So, you know, and obviously, you know, Isaiah Pacheco as well and the Chiefs run game, they've kind of found different elements uh, to balance it out where, you know, Mahomes, in re- you know, compared to years past, maybe not having the explosive weapon of a Tyreek Hill, but they've been able to figure it out offensively. Um, and, you know, again, defensively, the Chiefs' defense is so well coached by, by Spads, and they're just – they obviously have two, like, all-pro-level corners in, in McDuffie and Legereus Sneed. And um, it, it's a fascinating matchup to me because I don't know if it's going to be a high-scoring game or if it's going to be a – a defensive type of battle. Like, I think I, we'll see something in the middle, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I think yeah. we'll see like a 27-24 type of score. Nothing too crazy because, like you mentioned, the Chiefs' defense for the first year in a long time is better than a Mahomes-led offense. Mahomes, statistically this year, has been above average. Mm-hmm. But I'm not counting him out. He's played great in the playoffs. But it really it took the Ravens to completely abandon their offensive, offensive scheme all year to lose that game. True. So we'll see True. what happens. San Fran has... Yak weapons in Debo and McCaffrey. I think Purdy is a game manager. I don't think he's anything too special, but he's a hell of a game manager. And I think even though it's a David versus Goliath matchup in terms of quarterback play, I still think that San Fran is better all around, essentially. Yeah, and I think the key, obviously, for San Francisco is you know maybe just not to make the first mistake, right? And give Patrick Mahomes... A, a platform where, you know, he maybe has flipped field position and, um, you know, you're just giving him extra time to chew off the clock and put together these long drives. The Chiefs, you know, again, obviously without Tyreek Hill there, these last couple of years they've been more prone to controlling the clock um, and obviously relying on their defense when they are on the field to get them the ball back uh, pretty quickly and then just, you know, again, ground and pound with Pacheco and, let Mahomes kind of just do his thing and improvise. But, you know, I, I, it, it's to me, Owen, I, I think San Francisco defensively, I want to see the way they played against Mahomes in that first Super Bowl um, where obviously their defensive line was so dominant. I, I wonder if, you know, with his ability and with the way he's progressed really in these four years, he was obviously great and won the MVP. Um in that season that they went to the Super Bowl, but like I, I, I think now he's just a different quarterback in that I, you, you just hope to contain him, right? And so I wonder how San Francisco plays it defensively and then offensively, like we said. Oh, and like I, I think Brock Purdy has a lot of pressure on him here to just not make any mistakes that would give Mahomes and the Chiefs the opportunity to you know, create uh, advantages or, you know, build a big lead in the first half. Because although we've seen San Francisco do it again, it's like, you know, you're playing against a quarterback here who has a knack for when he is under pressure to, to perform at the highest level. So, yeah, I think it's kind of twofold because you got, on the one hand, you got the Chiefs defense, you know, that's been the best it's been in a few years now with this dynasty they've had led by Chris Jones on the defensive line. And they're 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 almost. It looks like they might give Brock Purdy some trouble if things don't if they don't set the tone early on. But at the same time, it's going to be up to the 49ers defense to con- to put a stop to Mahomes and stop them from getting down the field. So it'll definitely be interesting to see which facet of the 49ers or the Chiefs defense comes out on top. And you know, Chris, like with Purdy, especially in that game you know, against the Lions, it was just kind of a tale of two halves where in the first half he, he seemed a bit rattled and he was missing some throws that we've seen him make all year in structure. And, you know, I think when things go wrong in structure for Brock Purdy, it might be a little tougher for him to execute and make the right decision. Um, obviously not downing his IQ, but I, I think like Jordan said, he, he is a game manager a very good one, you know, a guy who, again, can control the clock and he can make big-time throws when he has the opportunity. He's just not a guy like a Patrick Mahomes that's going to make something appear out of thin air. He's not one of those special guys that can really, um, 
you know, kind of do it on your own. So I think, again, for Purdy, with this Chiefs defense and those and those two excellent corners in McDuffie and, and Sneed, um, you know, we'll see how much man the Chiefs are going to run as opposed to zone. I know Spads is, is a guy who likes to be aggressive and send pressure and play and play man and trust his defense. But, you know, I, I, I think for Brock Purdy, obviously, as a kid who in, in less than two years has gone from the last pick in the draft to now, you know, starting in the Super Bowl, obviously a ton, a ton of pressure there. It's to me, it's just about him settling into the uh, into the flow of the game, and the Niners have to have a strong run game here with McCaffrey, which they obviously had all year, have had all year. But you know, we've seen again at times, like in that Lions game as well, McCaffrey just didn't really have any sort of running room, and didn't only believe only had like forty yards at, at halftime, and you know, the Niners had to rattle uh, or rally back, I should say, from that. And so you hope that's not the case here because, again, Mahomes is not the type of guy who's going to give up the lead or, or kind of let a team sneak their way back into uh, a game that seems to already be over. So with Brock Purdy, um, in the in this, in this Super Bowl, you can't let the Chiefs defense get, get all – you can't let the, def, the Chiefs defense rattle you because if they pounce on you, they will not let go and – for Brock Purdy, it it's gonna be hell if if you're if you're down big and you can't do anything in in the in the first half. Mm-hmm. And you know, for the Niners, obviously getting Debo back for that NFC Championship, I think he just kind of provides, like Jordan said, you know, he's a yak guy. He can make things happen after the catch and cause problems maybe for that Chiefs defense tackling wise. Again, they're just so well coached. I think both teams are really good on both sides of the ball, or at least. You can say with the Chiefs, you know, they've gotten hot offensively where Kelsey has found his mojo, especially in that championship game. And uh, obviously they've run the uh, run the rock well all year with a guy like uh, Isaiah Pacheco. And so I, I think we've all said it. Uh, it's two teams that execute really well on both sides of the ball. Neither team has, like, a true weakness. I know um, – I think it's going to come down to the pass rush, pass rush personally. Yeah. I would say, because I was just about to say, Kansas City, I want to say they're missing a couple guys on the offensive line right now. And, um, and San Fran's front seven is just diabolical. It is. Um, obviously, you have Nick Bosa, Chase Young. Hargrave, too. Huh? Hargrave from yeah. Philly. I mean, it's going to be quite the show. And I think the reason why I say pass rush is going to be the difference maker in this game. Kittle and Kelsey are both very good tight ends. Kittle's an extraordinary blocking tight end. He's yes. one of the best in the league. Add that with the San Fran's offensive line and Trent Williams. They had the advantage there as well. Like I mentioned, San Fran's better all around except the quarterback. And that's why I believe that will be a difference maker. We'll see if the Chiefs can penetrate that. So – I know it's early in the week, and you know some of you guys may be going on offsides on Wednesday, which I'll be hosting as well. So I'll see you guys there if you want to come back on, or Friday. Um, and I'm sure there will be Super Bowl talk throughout the week. We heard Jordan actually give his prediction. He already said he thinks San Fran's going to win. Do we have other predictions already, or are we letting it marinate until later in the week, and then are we making a decision? I got Chiefs 27, uh, 49ers 24. Okay. I was actually – I had the same score in my mind. I just I, I just feel like it's going to be tough to contain Mahomes on the biggest stage after we saw him do it in Buffalo and Baltimore already this playoffs. And I just think he's obviously a different breed, and I expect him to put that to the stage again this Super Bowl. Um. So uh... – it's not like full on, but I'm going to say Chiefs 34, Niners 30. Okay. So we have three Chiefs, one 49ers. So I guess the odds actually are against them here in, in the Super Bowl. I haven't I haven't actually checked the uh, betting lines yet. Let's see. Let's see where they're at. I, I think it was like two. The Niners were favored. The Niners the are going to be – I think the Niners are going to open as fa- – or they're going to close as favorites, I would have to assume, by very, a slim margin. As of today, the Niners are two and a half point favorites on uh, on the spread. So, you know, we'll see if that changes throughout the week. I'm sure it will have a little bit of movement. 
Um, but again, I think this is such a close matchup, such an interesting matchup in the second rendition of, of these teams, because like with Jimmy G four years ago, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, like obviously Jimmy G is a game manager as well. I think he was more, and you know, obviously that year he did play well. I, I think I trust Brock Purdy more than I would a guy like Jimmy G. And I know it's easy to say that with Jimmy G's like recent um, performance and all that, but I, I just think that, you know, Brock Purdy is more of a guy who, again, when you give him structure, he will stand tall in the pocket. Um, he will make the right decision eight to nine times out of ten. Uh, he does have a pretty nice arm on him as well to where he can make plays down the field. And, again, when, it, when a big play comes available to him, Brock Purdy's been good at at hitting it this year. I right? think he proved that against Detroit as well. You saw a lot 100%. of those, um, the one throw to I forget who it was, but the nice toe tap on the sideline was on the run. Like your average, like I said, um, game manager earlier. He is a game manager, but he's a little better than a game manager. Uh-huh. He's still not on that upper echelon quarterbacks in my opinion, but I think he's just perfect for the situation. Anyone can really perform well when you're in that kind of Shanahan scheme. But it works for Purdy, and like you said, he proved it. So, He's been a lot better. So let me ask you, like – Go for it. What what does he have to do to get out of the mold of a game manager? Like if they win the Super Bowl this year and he throws for 300 yards, but it looks like – He would have to do it himself. Like if he okay. has like okay. 15 checkdowns on Sunday uh-huh. and half <laughs> of them go for like over 25 yards – that's probably where I would draw the line. But if he's – because in that Detroit game as well, he got lucky on the IUK. He overthrew him. Mm-hmm. Purdy's not the most accurate quarterback when it comes that, to a deep ball. That was crazy. But that should have been picked. Yeah, yeah. That was so, a crazy deflection. Um, my thing with San Fran, too, they lose when Purdy plays awful. If Purdy is just made to anything above that, they win. When they played Cleveland, Purdy played awful. But Cleveland's defensive line is insane. So is the Vikings. They lost that game as well. He didn't play well. They have a great front seven. When San Fran plays teams like that and they don't block well, Purdy gets pressured. He's going to make mistakes. He's not going to play well. I think you really have to focus on that Chris Jones Chiefs front line and what happens from there. Mm-hmm. Because I trust their secondary. Like I mentioned, Snead earlier. They have, they have some dogs out there. And the Chiefs offense is nothing to mess with. I can trust San Fran to limit them to a certain extent. I have San Fran winning, like I mentioned, but if I had to give a score prediction, I don't want to go too crazy. I also don't want to go too little. I'd probably say like 27-21, 24-21. I can see Kansas City getting three touchdowns, uh-huh. you know, all or nothing for them. I see San Fran more analytically taking the field goals when they can. I see McCaffrey getting a couple. Debo or Kittle gets one. Ayuk maybe, like, mix it up between them. But I would, I'll say 27-21 San Fran. Does the gravitational pull of a Taylor Swift make a difference in the game? Absolutely not. I'm ashamed that you even asked that. Really? I think people would disagree, though. In terms of the game? If like, she – look, man. For maybe for Kelsey. Kelsey – and then I also saw a bet where you could bet on if he's going to propose after the game. That right? is not happening, dude. And I think, the pl- I think the plus odds are that he will not. So – no, the plus odds are, are that he will. So – I think the prediction right now is that he will not propose on the field. I can't believe we're. That's also kind of crazy because they've been dating for what three months. Yeah, and I saw something earlier that was like, uh, like they plan to get engaged, and I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, but like, isn't that something that like kind of happens like spontaneously? So right. I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not too sure. I, I know she's in Tokyo, um, or she's gonna be in Tokyo, and then she's like flying to Vegas. And she's just going to make this. I mean, you know, we'll see. Like, maybe Kelsey first drive. She's, like, not up in the bot- booth yet. You know, she's got her jacket on, walking in. And then he's like, damn, where's where's Taylor? And he, like, yeah. dropped a pass. And, like, Fred <laughs> Warner pits it off, pits it. And then. Kelsey got that dog in him. Yeah. You know? he do- I mean, yeah, he was great. I don't, I don't think Kel- Taylor Swift has any impact on the Super mm. Bowl. All right. We shall see uh, about T-Swizz and uh, if she makes an appearance. But we do, we do have to uh, – Take a quick break here on Offsides, and we will check the WGLS community calendar before doing that. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once per month. You can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time. Email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com 
or visit online at glassboroughfoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. This is the Monday edition of Offsides. We return after this. through your playlist again let us handle the music weeknight 6 to 8 p.m on pop flavor we play all of your favorite top artists hear the hit tracks that are trending right now plus we'll keep you up to date on the latest in entertainment i don't care i town way join us monday to friday 6 to 8 p.m for pop flavor on rowan radio 89.7 wgls fm and online at rowanradio.com Step into Gavin's Rock Lab every Monday night from 8 to 10 p.m. on Rowan Radio. Join me, your host Gavin Trutzenbach, for two hours of all the rock and metal music that matters. Hear classic tracks from bands like the Moody Blues and Pink Floyd. All the way to the hardest hitters of today, like Mastodon and Tool. For the greatest deep cuts and live recordings of rock and metal, spend Monday nights with me in Gavin's Rock Lab from 8 to 10 p.m. only on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Also streaming online at rowanradio.com. Sweet strawberry icing. You're in goodwill and just past that vintage denim jacket you spot. Miniature donut earrings. You lean in. Ah. That's the scent of shopping success. Because at Goodwill, every item you buy funds local job training and more. So bring home those donut earrings and bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill. Bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. Rowan Radio 89.7, WGLS-FM, RowanRadio.com, Channel 2, back here with the Monday edition of Offsides, half past the hour here in Glassboro, 5.30 p.m. I'm Aaron Hook, I'm in studio here with Aiden Ray, Jordan Weisinger, Chris DeZillo, and Owen Colwell from my left to my right. Um, thank you guys for joining me here on this Monday. Super Bowl week is upon us, we just... Uh, Talked about that a little bit, and so now, this is the part of the show, guys, that I have not yet adjusted to, even though there's only one week of football left. I'm like, what in the H-E double hockey stitch do we talk about now? But, there is some exciting stuff going on uh, in the NBA, so I think we should go there. Uh, I'm sorry, Jordan and Chris, and maybe Aiden as well, maybe Owen as well, I don't know your level of hockey fandom there will be no all-star game uh talk here on offsides so i i I didn't watch a single bit of it you didn't watch any of the you didn't watch the all-star game or i couldn't dude i was uh calling a game for rowan oh okay okay. uh, men's basketball uh, that's that's when it was saturday afternoon saturday at three o'clock three o'clock it was so weird see and where are they they're in they were in toronto Toronto, yeah so that's eastern time why not why not do it at like seven like prime time facts i don't i don't really understand it's weird I, I only watched the end of it that's it dude what channel was the game on abc 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 so i mean there was the knicks lakers right yeah that was saturday i believe yeah knicks right? lakers and duke north carolina when was when was knicks lakers was that 8 30 fr- was that friday or saturday saturday yeah so i was like that's why obviously the slot for the nba is what takes precedent but the only thing i watched when the nhl that. had that big espn abc deal i was like go ahead the only thing I watched from that was the Tate McGray uh, thing, Tate McGray. <laughs> oh, Tate McGray. Yeah, I heard. I heard she's like the new. She's like the new Taylor Swift. Like maybe she's gonna start dating someone on on the Niners. Like Purdy's gonna. It was really funny with Tate McRae because I forget who it was, but there was a hockey player that she used to date back in the day. Uh-huh. Who, uh huh. Who Aiden? You can get the name in a second. I'll tell the story. But <laughs> so the hockey player cheats on Tate McRae. Tame McRae then proceeds to get famous off, you know, her music and whatnot. Then she performs the All-Star Game and actually got to the All-Star Game before this guy ever did and probably never will. Oh, this guy's not, like, good. His name's Cole Sillinger. He plays for the Blue Jackets, I think. Let's, let's, let's do a little ditty into Cole. Cole Sillinger 
he's only it's 20 years old. Oh my God. Yeah, Tate McRae's only 20. These celebrities are younger than me now. This is scaring me. <laughs> I'm real. I'm really starting to get to the age where very, very famous people are considerably younger than me. Connor Bedard's crazy. younger than me. How old is he? Nineteen. Eighteen. Eighteen. Oh my <laughs> lord, that's crazy. Um, all right. Well, we can say that Cole fumbled uh, quite hard. Uh, he the bag, big and, time. Uh, Huge. Yeah, Tate Madre. Is she? Is she not Canadian? Yes, she is. She's she from is. Calgary. She, she, okay. Okay. She's a big Calgary fan. Got it. All right. So that's the uh, NHL All-Star talk for this week. <laughs> um, let's get into the NBA because we have a few um, exciting things coming up this week. Um, <laughs> we obviously have the All-Star game uh, on the 18th. Um, and so that is in 13 days, a little less than two weeks that'll be on sunday the 18th but thursday this thursday yes is the nba trade deadline um to me guys look i love the major league baseball trade deadline i really do it's very fun especially when you do get like kind of that blockbuster move but i feel like it happens more often in the nba and every year you have this kind of laundry list of guys that are potential trade targets and most of them usually end up getting traded either on the day of the deadline or right before the deadline. Um, so, you know, we've talked extensively on a couple of episodes of, like, the top trade targets, you know, DeJounte Murray, um, Malcolm Brogdon, um, as well as, you know, even a guy like Laurie Martinen, who, you know, the Jazz are playing better. They did beat Milwaukee last night. Um, they outscored the Bucks like 40 to 13 in the fourth and came back and beat them. Utah has been playing better. I still think Laurie could be a, a potential trade target for, for one of these top contenders. Um, so I, I, I'm just wondering, do you guys think there's, a, do you guys have a trade in mind or a player in mind that you're like certain is going to get moved? Or is there a guy that maybe everyone's talking about that's going to get moved and you don't think he's going to, uh, he's gonna get traded. We just did get the news about Zach Levine getting uh, season-ending surgery, right? So he's going nowhere. Bulls are not gonna move him, although he was also one of the top targets uh, whose name was mentioned. I'll stick with the Bulls. I would like to see DeRozan get moved. Uh-huh. He's a free agent next year. The Bulls are out of it at this point. Even if they make a lucky playing spot, they're just gonna get smoked by like Miami or something like that. But DeRozan, that veteran player, he could fit in anywhere. I would like to see the Knicks go after him. I know we have a lot of Knicks fans in here. Me personally, I think it'll be a cheap get. I I don't think DeJounte Murray is ultimately going to get moved because his contract kicks in next year, and if Atlanta then decides to move him, they'll get more in return because his contract's much higher. And Atlanta, they kind of have to go all in when you have Trey Young, you know, beating the Warriors with Curry dropping 60. Mm -hmm. They had a slow start to the season. They can always get hot. They should be looking to buy, in my opinion. But I'm gonna throw out LeBron James is not gonna move. I don't want to hear any of you guys bring it no. up. <laughs> and and but DeRozan would be my person. I'd like to move. So let me confirm. I'm almost sure of this, but let me just confirm. We have all all Nets fans here. Yes. Good. Let's go. This is is that this, the first time this ever? This could be the first time ever that five Nets fans are in the room at the same time. Uh, this has been a station that in years past has been dominated and and um and I I, I want to say even um. Man, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? It, it, it's been kind of, you know, it, we, we've been the minority. We have. And now I think... Danny Ryan, if you're listening, own it. Uh, Danny Ryan, I'm going to shout out Nick Earnshaw as well. Um, two guys who really pushed the Philly agenda. And they had all that backing all those years. And now look at them. Now the station has been taken over by the by the New York presence we have here, our, here in the Philly market. Our glorious sports director, the one and only Thunder fan I've ever met. Jack Miller. He is a Thunder fan, although he's he's like a full time Thunder fan, no? He, yeah, oh for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um I thought uh, okay, so in football he also likes the Chargers and the Eagles. There's something weird going on there. We gotta talk to that. And guy. then Phillies for baseball, obviously. Right. I mean that that's that aligns. Chargers and Thunder are interesting. I guess he likes Lightning and he went to weather related teams or something. <laughs> um, he's a big Jim Harbaugh fan. Who? No, uh, I'm kidding. Uh, is is he not? I have no idea. I would hope he is. I mean, that's a great hiring for for oh, LA. Man. But I, I, do we want to talk about LeBron? 
I don't it's know. It's not really. It doesn't. Worth it. it doesn't pull much weight. The to only me. thing I have with LeBron is if the Lakers were smart and they finally didn't treat him <laughs> like LeGM, they would move him because he is a. He does have an opt-in next year for fifty million. Yeah. If I'm LeBron, but he's going wherever Bronny gets picked in two years. Here's no. my thing, though. If Bronny gets picked this year, it doesn't even matter where he gets picked. I think him and his son have had this conversation. But doesn't Bronny want to be his own identity? He's going to get in the NBA, even if he fails in the NBA. He's set for life. His I, dad is LeBron James. I would agree. The only counter, like, I would think that having, obviously, you know, it's his dad, which, number one, it's like, yeah, your dad is around, keep you in check, all that. Um, but also, I think just, ha- like, having LeBron on your team is, yeah. like, just completely invaluable. If, the Knicks, if, if they had the chance to get LeBron, I would, I would do anything. I'll be honest. I don't want LeBron. I, why? Because in 2010, when we were all – Take, take your feelings out of it. No. Are we the clear-cut no, team I'm in not, the East, bro? I'm not taking my feelings out of it. If we had Le- – first of all, to give up Le- – to get LeBron, we would have to give up, I would assume, a couple of the pieces that made us what we are no, now. I would give up Randall in a heartbeat for LeBron. Oh, come on. I would. I mean – Honestly, I'm leaning towards agreeing with that pick. I agree. We still have Brunson. We still have OG. We have Grimes still. But the chemistry is so good on the team. Is Rand- Randall's only that second option at this point. We know. I watched after the Laker he's game. He's an all-star. He's an all-star. Would you, wouldn't you rather have LeBron uh, James? Sh- sure. I would li- I would rather have LeBron. It's never going to happen. That's why we shouldn't have be having this you know, no. discussion. But if, if the Knicks had the chance, <laughs> they are clear-cut favorites in the East if they have LeBron. I mean, I guess they are, yeah. Any t- when LeBron is in the East, he owns it. He owns the East. I don't know. And if he know. gets moved, the Knicks, in my opinion, are the only team that makes sense. What do we? What do we? What do we think, Allen? I mean, you said you were gonna agree. You 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 agree with Jordan? If LeBron is on the table, the Knicks should should go after him. Well, then again, it depends on what the other options are because it's not going to be just Randall for LeBron. Right. There's going to be draft picks involved. That's what I'm saying. Involved. They're, they're going to have to give up so well, much. Well, think about it, though. What would the Lakers demand? Because he's 40 next year, or technically this year, and, right. if, he, and if he opts out of for this year, he's a free agent. So you have to think about it like the Juan Soto deal. You, have to, he, you have to trade for him like he's opting out after this year. Right, but if he if LeBron gets traded to the Knicks, and, okay, to your point, maybe they're the – Top team in the East with him. And if we can keep let's Randall, go, that'd be let's, perfect, let's too. Say they, let's say they go to the finals, right? Right. Or they win the finals. If you win the finals, it's He's going to opt in. So that's $50 million you're paying LeBron next year, right? I don't care. If we win the finals, the care. city's going to get destroyed anyway. We well, okay. Can you imagine 7th Avenue? I know all of this. We haven't won to 73. <laughs> Just get something. Uh, but we don't need LeBron to do it. Well, LeBron would okay. take us to I, the I do agree line. with you we there. We haven't been there for so long. I agree long. with you there, but... Dude, LeBron, LeBron didn't want to... Come in 2010 yeah, we know. when he had a chance to make the city his own. So the Nets are good now. Oh, you, now you want to come? Now you want to go and play for the Nets? Like 13 years later when we're actually doing well and we have a legit shot to maybe I get understand. out of the East. So right? Okay, so you brought up the discussion of NBA in the first place. Who would be that guy you want to go out and get? It's a, it, it's tough for me. Like I, I think the Nets, the, the biggest need for the Nets, and this was showcased in the later game when OG – and Randall were both out. Obviously, Randall will be out. I th- I think. Also, to speak on that game too, Dante he's a legitimate shooting guard for he our is. team. No, I mean Divincenzo is great. Yeah. Like, when he gets hot, he's. What like, I noticed though is that, um, Brunson's going to continue to be that guy. But they're gonna, the one A. They're going to double team him in the postseason. Ne- he's going to get double. We need a legitimate third scorer after Randall. Yeah. OG is a great player. Don't be, don't get me wrong, but he should not be your third scorer. We need some. We need a score somewhere in that lineup at the trade deadline. So that's where I was going. I was like, the Knicks need a guy either off the bench or whatever, uh, just a guy with those second unit guys. And I do like Miles McBride. He shot the ball very well. And Precious Achua has played very well in the absence of Randall. I say Hardenstein too. Hard, I mean, Hardenstein's been fantastic. Um, and that'll be another dilemma when Mitchell Robinson potentially comes back at the end of the year. Who's going to start? Who's going to come off the bench? Um, but the Knicks just need a creator, a shot, you know, a, just a bucket getter off the bench. I think with coming to New, to New York and being under Tom Thibodeau, I think DeJounte Murray could like channel some of that, like all defense level type of, he's a great two way guard. He, this year defensively, he hasn't been as good, but what I'm saying is if T- he, Tibbs gets, can if he gets under that. Tibbs, yeah. I would feel like he could get the best out of him again. He could be. 
a guy who can score on his own, get his own shot, run the offense, and play great defense along with some of those other second unit guys. Like, again, when Josh Hart moves back to the bench, you'll have him, Hart, Precious, and potentially Quentin Grimes as well defensively. Saw, and, and Mitchell Robinson or Hartenstein. Like, I saw a report fantastic. as well. With I, I don't think it's going to happen because – Cleveland is a really good team. I don't think they'll move because I, I saw Isaac Okoro was on the trade market. I don't want Isaac Okoro. I just saw. I don't it. want Isaac. Uh, Owen, throw, throw it out. Owen, is there a guy you would prefer the Knicks to go after? I don't want to make this just about the Knicks. We can talk about the top targets as well, but just from a Knicks perspective to wrap up, do you think there's any guy that they should uh, be particularly enamored with? I've seen Bruce Brown as well has come up in rumors with them. Yeah, I have seen Bruce Brown. I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't really be crazy if they got him. I think DeJounte Murray is the, in my view, he would make the Knicks, in my words, set as they go into the playoffs and wrap up the regular season. But I do think that if the Knicks were to get DeJounte Murray, which I don't think is going to happen as of this moment, they would have to give up something of like a Quentin Grimes, certainly two or three draft picks. And I do think that it all depends on what Leon Rose would think is valuable to hold on for moving into next year. But as much as I would like DeJounte Murray on the Knicks this season, I don't think it's going to happen as of this moment. A, pa- a realistic package, in my opinion, for Murray, because I would love him on this team. And I saw that the Knicks are only willing to part ways with Quentin Grimes if it's for a an upgrade that seems reasonable. So I could see Fournier for the money, Grimes three or four first-round picks, I think that gets it done. And I would because we have a lot of picks that aren't our own. I agree. And Aiden and Chris, I want to hear from you guys too about this. But, like, Leon Rose in the past, obviously when you go back to two summers ago with the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes, the Knicks were just reluctant to give up an extra first-round pick, to give up another young guy and, like, Emmanuel quickly, right, in that in that deal. Like, Leon Rose is not a guy who I think just sees a guy who maybe makes a lot of sense, yes, and I think DeJounte does make so much sense for the Knicks, but he's not a guy that's just going to pull the trigger right away, right? He's a bargainer, right? He wants to get down to really close, at least really, really close to what he would prefer to give up. So I think you guys, Owen and Jordan, make a really good point that DeJounte although he would be like a really nice glove fit for the Knicks to either again come off the bench or whatever um just in general he's gonna play a bunch of minutes um he's a guy that you would have to give up a lot to get right and uh he's gonna be making a lot of money so I don't know if you Aiden or Chris prefer Murray over someone else or if you want the Knicks to target maybe a guy who is is a little bit more under the radar I think when going back to Chicago, I think Alex Caruso could be a a, a a nice ploy maybe, although he's not the type of go-getter offensively that, that DeJounte Murray is. Um, yeah, and then, if, yeah, DeJounte Murray would definitely be a great, like, addition. But, of course, we were able to trade for OG and Anobi um, back in December, like, out of nowhere. And it's led us to a, like, 15, a 15 and 3 in our last 18 games, which has been very well by this Knicks team going into 2024 but honestly they it, w- it would be cool for them to get another piece as well to potentially get into that finals contender area in the NBA so I would definitely like if they got Murray for sure for me I'd say Malcolm Brogdon Brogdon I think, I think they have to get him because I as much as I would love DeJounte Murray I don't think they need to go that route now and, and give up all those pieces. I feel like if you can give up like one first round pick and like like Fournay or something for Brogdon, I think that you could do that. I, I like that thinking, Chris, because again, the Nets have been you know, when when they've seen the perfect guy, again, and I know I just said this, but like with OG, they were like, Okay, RJ and Quickly, we we like them a lot, you know, they're great locker room guys, City really loves them. But are they pieces that moving forward and when the Knicks were, you know, 17 and 15 or whatever they were at that point, they were like, okay, we're kind of just hanging around 500. We have our stars, but we need a guy defensively who can make that type of impact. And they went after OG and they got him. Um, And so, again, I think Leon Rose in the past has wanted to dwindle it down to closer to what he wants. And I think a Brockton trade would make a lot of sense for the Knicks as well. He's also a guy who is really good defensively, can run the offense. 
Um, he's not the 20 point per game scorer that, you know, DeJounte is. Um, and I don't think he's the three point shooter, uh, you know, as well. But I think Brodden would be a nice piece for the Knicks. You, you need somebody, whether through a trade or whatever, just one of these guys on the bench to step up and just become a guy who can get their own shot. And right now, I don't think McBride or, or QG are guys that really do that all that well. They're very good catch-and-shoot guys, very good defensive players. But, yeah, we'll see what the Knicks do. But uh, we're going to wrap up in, in just a minute here. But it was an article today on Bleacher Report, last-minute trade target list for every NBA team. Um, and I want to talk about some of the more, I just, uh, you know, we'll go through the contenders, really, and see who they have listed. So for Boston, they have Alex Caruso at number one. And then the rest of the names aren't as interesting. There's like Aaron Wiggins from OKC and like Dario Saric from the Warriors. Um, I think Caruso to Boston would be a pretty interesting move because that would just make them stronger than they even are right now defensively. They have so many guys that can defend on the wing. It's kind of ridiculous at this point. Yeah, I think Caruso to Boston would definitely be interesting. Obviously, you got Drew Holiday. He would be paired up with him up top. You got Porzingis, who can block pretty much the entire league. I do. I was wondering if you thought Bruce Brown was going to get traded because I have been seeing he was obviously just traded to the Raptors in the mm -hmm. Siakam deal, but we do know that the Raptors are rebuilding, retooling a little bit. Do you think he gets traded, and if so, where? <sighs> That's tough. That's tough. I don't. I don't know if I can tell you where. I think. I think he does get traded. To see this year, I think Bruce Brown, his evolution has been very interesting. You think back to when he was with the Nets in that playoff run, they had him playing center. Like it was kind of crazy. Um, he's a guy that obviously can defend bitter guys. Um, he is a really nice kind of two-way guy. Can shoot the three, obviously, to show that last year with Denver. But also, and then you showed flashes last year in Denver, he's continued into this year of being a guy who can get his own shot, right? He's a guy with, you know, the ball in his hands where you can trust him to open some stuff up offensively, maybe not, again, to the level of a DeJounte Murray who's been playing point guard his whole life um, and has the size to, you know, get past smaller defenders and all that. But Bruce Brown is a guy who's been kind of boxed in or categorized as like a win, like, 3 and D type of guy. I think he has taken steps forward in the ability to put the ball on the floor, look for his own shot. So, I think Bruce Brown does get moved. A team that kind of interests me is maybe like the Lakers. I think the Lakers and Bruce Brown would be a, a pretty decent fit. Um, and just going through more of these uh, trade or last minute acquisitions, they have the Clippers looking at P.J. Washington, who's been in talks with the Knicks. As well, P.J. Washington, another good, just solid kind of win guy to have. Um, the Lakers, so they do have DeJounte Murray as the Lakers' number one trade target. Further down the list, they have Cam Johnson of Brooklyn. They have Bogdan Bogdanovich of Atlanta as well. They also have Dorian Finney-Smith. So, obviously, there's something that the Lakers are looking for, defense, right? Bruce Brown, I think, fits. DeJounte Murray absolutely fits there. Um, let's keep going here. A couple more. Miami, uh, Miami. I, I don't. I don't even care about Miami. Honestly, they have like, they have this guy Fontetio from Utah as their top trade target. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, I think a lot of teams are kind of in this middle ground area where they don't really know which direction to go. Right. Like the Miami Heat per se, they're two games over five hundred right now. Around there, you don't know if they're gonna send pieces off or bring pieces in because they're really hard to predict. So here's the next list, one through five. Number one is Mikhail Bridges. Number two is Mount is, is Brodden. Number three is Bojan Bogdanovic from Detroit. Number four is DeJounte Murray. Number five is uh, a guy who they got to know very well last week, uh, Colin Sexton, who was talking a little trash to Jalen Brunson uh, in that game, the Knicks and the Jazz. Um, and then all those guys made sense. I think... Uh, th there's been a push for a Mikhail Bridges trade. I I don't know. It's gonna be tough. He's gonna he's gonna command a lot in return. The Thunder, they just have some kind of win guys as well. Caleb Martin, Denny Avdia would be, you know, interesting. They have Robert Williams the third potentially doing OKC. Um, 
All right, we really do have to go here. So Philadelphia, they have a long list. It's just a bunch of backup big guys, basically. They do have Bruce Brown on this list as well for Philly. Gordon Hayward, Luke Kennard, DeJounte at the bottom of the list. Uh, Phoenix, they have, again, all these win guys. I don't think Phoenix is really going to be too active in the market. Um, anyone else we want to talk about? No, not really. Um, I guess we'll look at Golden. Oh, no, we passed Golden State. Let's see who the Wizards are trading for. Killian Hayes. That's a that's a blockbuster right there. Killian Hayes to, to D.C. You hear, you heard it here first. But um, that is going to close us out here for offsides on this Monday. Pizza with the Pros is back here on campus, so we're going to end a bit early. But I want to thank the four gentlemen that joined me today in the studio, left to right, Ayn Ray, Jordan Weisinger, Chris DeZillo, and Owen Colwell. Oh, and you did great for your first time, buddy, on Offsides as well. So I want to thank all four of you guys for uh, coming in and um, talking uh, some sports with me here on the first official day of Super Bowl week. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you can hear Offsides here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2. I'll be back hosting once again uh, this Wednesday, filling in for our sports director, Jack Miller. All right, have a great rest of your Monday night, everybody. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.